TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and done. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. Hello, friends, and welcome to an emergency episode of the Touch Em All podcast. I'm Derek Wetmore, and I brought with me a special guest, Judd Zolgad. Judd, how are you today? I am I am better than the twins are doing. Although the twins have a happy face yeah. on I am better than the twins are doing right now. Miguel Sano, if you have not heard the news, Miguel Sano has had a second debridement procedure on his right lower Achilles area to basically, long story short, clean up a wound and hope that the healing uh, accelerates and goes better, goes smoothly. And for that, Judd, he will not make the Twins opening day roster. He'll open the season on the injured list with 100% certainty. And the Twins are hopeful that he'll be back to baseball activities by mid-April. Maybe that gives him a return date in May. Your thoughts? Uh, uh, immediate thoughts off the top of my head. I'm thinking forwards. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh it feels like every year you want to say to Miguel Sano, okay, prove that you can stay on the field, right? Your weight's not a problem. A hamstring's not a problem. A, a nearly broken shin, if I'm not mistaken, is not a problem. And, and to, go, to circle back to what we've talked about since I got down here to Fort Myers a couple days ago with Miguel Sano, Derek Wetmore, it always feels like it's something. And so even if it's not completely his fault, and this is not his fault that, that he got cut in a uh, post-Winter um, League championship celebration. It might be his fault that he didn't tell the team quicker. But even if this isn't completely his fault, I guess I'm just at the point now where I, where I want to say, show me something. And that doesn't start with home runs. That doesn't start with a reduction in strikeouts. That doesn't even start with competent play in the field. That starts with getting on the field, Derek, and staying there. Because I was going through... Uh, his career so far, and I believe he was called up in 2015, yep. July 1st or so, played 80 games, so he was fine. But since then, Derek, it's been a litany of this and then that and DL stints and hamstrings. So I'm to the point now where I really need to see that this guy can get on the field and stay there for any amount of time. For those that care about the details, Sonoa flew from Florida to the Twin Cities, uh, I suppose, Flew to the Twin Cities and then was driven south to Rochester, where at Mayo Clinic oh, he had this procedure. Could have flown to Rochester. Could have flown to Rochester. Professional athlete. You're right. That's right. If they you or char- I were going, they can charter to Mayo. Don't, don't assume that Miguel Sano <laughs> is Derek Wetmore or Judd Zolgad right. and has to fly commercial to Twin Cities International and then have his butt driven to Rochester. You picture him getting on the plane and walking 20 rows back and say, "Oh, excuse me, ma'am, I think I'm in the middle here." Yeah, I see exactly. And she says, "What?" So no, <laughs> I I foresee a uh, okay. a small chartered plane that went into Rochester. All right, that's fair. So, anyways, Miguel Sano went from Fort Myers, Florida, to Rochester. Minnesota in some form of travel and then had this procedure done at the Mayo Clinic. He's going to be held there for at least a couple of days, I'm told, um, just for evaluation and to make sure that wound care is addressed. Then Sano is going to return to Fort Myers to work on some of the rehab stuff to not restart like from ground zero, but to continue the rehab process and work on things that he can work on while his foot remains in that immobilizing boot that'll be a process of a couple of weeks he will eventually ramp up to baseball activities Derek Falvey said around mid-April and I think that's sort of the optimistic 
outlook. No question. And if you start baseball activities on April 15th, you need a bit of a runway, Judd. I, I don't think this is a two weeks and he's back on the field. I think we honestly could be looking at sometime in May, maybe mid-May, for a return to the major leagues uh, for Miguel Sano. And then I, I agree with you completely. And now let's take that, what you just brought up, let's go from there to when we see him at third base for the first time. See, okay, you said that on the video. Yeah. We just we just recorded a Twins Minute video for at Score North. Find it on Twitter. Because my point was, we're dealing with a with a guy who's lost weight, but he's still a very big guy, mm-hmm. and he's got a he has a deep wound that's healing slash Achilles and heel, and so do you just stick him back out there at third base? Do you have to I would. DH him? That's what I was going to say. That you you brought it up on the video, yeah. and we didn't have as much time to get into it because. You've got to get that thing Social up shortly. Social media is way too short, You've got to get way. that thing up shortly. I like short. to talk. Yeah, but if you go with a 10-minute video on social media, that's you know what just I serving say? your own ego. I say to the kids of today, <laughs> patience, my friends. I know. Hey, But anyway, I, get, yeah, t- tell me what you don't agree with. I don't agree that he should be eased back in as a designated hitter or something like that. I think that the way the Twins roster is constructed right now, you're afforded the opportunity. I mean, this kind of sucks for Miguel, I guess. But if you're the Twins, you're afforded the opportunity to ease him back in. It could be a May 1st. It could be a May 10th. It could be a May 20th. So you're saying wait till he can play third base again. I want him to be 100% and not worry about opening up that cut. If that's the whole concern, is that wound, that wounded, uh, call it the skin, just that it's such a gouge that it's apparently um, inhibiting. And if you were to, uh, look, I think he, honestly, I think he could have started spring training doing drills and place it. But, okay, are you willing to pop open stitches on a, on a big cut on the back of your leg? What's the upside of doing that on February 15th? I think that if you're the Twins right now, you've got an eye on when is he 100%? When is this thing not going to open itself back up if we put him in baseball activities? Yep. From that point, third base, batting cage, okay, well, live, that's fair. live that's BP, fair. I'm just saying, I'm and then just, go play at Rochester. I'm just saying if they say May 1st, and it's May 1st, I don't think he plays third base, but to but to your point, yeah. If you're just going to say rushing back, if you're going to say it's not May first, now it's going to be May fifteenth, and then with with him, of course, then it would be well, no, it's going to be May twenty fifth. Look, but yeah, you're right. If you're if you are intent on saying he comes back to play third base, now I think part of that equation then goes to how is the team doing? How's the lineup doing? Are guys providing enough power? Because the temptation is always going to look be to look at that guy and say, but boy, if he hits the baseball. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you're going to be patient and I I go back to, and this is a completely different player, different position. I go back to last year, Irvin Santana. What were we told consistently? You know, he had this procedure done. In fact, in fact, this is the second consecutive year of procedures. It's just a procedure. Don't worry about it. You guys are paranoid. It's procedure. And what Irv was supposed to be back. Opening day, opening day at one point? Uh, I don't know if I ever heard opening okay, day. Okay, but May May for sure. In yeah, fact, I think they yeah. put the same timetable on that. Sure. So, yeah, if you are just going to say, bleep it, we're not going to bring you back until you can play third base, and if you can't play third base till June 15th, well, you know. You're afforded, well, first of all, I don't think it'd be June 15th, but. Uh, well, we also thought Irv Santana would be yeah, back sometime. You're right, in you're right. I just, I never, it's. Don't trust okay, the timeline. Okay, and it. I want You're to very say that, mistrusting human. But I want to say why. Bad. But I want to say why. Because <laughs> they're because I think the majority of people who hear this podcast are going to be thinking, well, you know, Judd's calling the twins liars, okay? I don't think teams know sometimes. Sure. They and, and didn't so, know with Irvin, that's yeah, for sure. So I don't think that they're lying. I don't think I think they're it's why teams hate timelines. 
Yeah, they do. They, they leg- really hate timeouts. They legitimately, they can guess and we can guess, but they don't know. And then we're not held accountable to it, and they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, so I am not calling the Twins liars. What I am saying is, if you think about this, when, when Sano showed up, or, or when he showed up here and you guys first heard about this, it was, uh, what, laceration or a mm-hmm. cut? Yep. And the majority of stories in town, and this is not their fault, but they sort of just buried it because no big deal. you didn't. Right. So, you know, I, I just I hesitate to be like May 1st and then it's May 15th and then by God, it's June 15th. So sure. I, I just I issue caution, not because anyone's lying, but because I I buy that people don't know. And I would just say, do you need to get that? I don't. OK, I would just say I believe it's my dietitian, by the way. <laughs> Calling to remind me that I have a Friday appointment. Maybe, maybe you do need to get. That. I've been, I've been a little lax. Although not awful down here, but no, I have been a little lax. I'm not tougher. sure I want to step on that Jenny Craig scale on it's Friday. It's tougher down. here. I might here. put the appointment off. It's tougher down here. My timetable. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't want to be pinned. That's so Judd. Not sure what his timetable. So is. So look at this. The way I view this is Miguel Sano is. We've been talking about him for years, and of course there is still that star hitter in there. Is that star hitter going to emerge from day one that he? Is here. If you gave me that answer, I'd tell you a much more concrete way of using him. I'd say, oh, oh, if he's that guy, if he's going to be the second best hitter in your lineup behind Nelson Cruz, well, or gosh, the best hitter in your lineup. Who I'd like to see play as well, but that's a whole other story. That would be nice. Yeah, we can talk about that too. But this is the Miguel Sano podcast. <laughs> there is. There is no certainty for me for how he is going to perform. And if you could tell me, certainly, this is the hitter he's going to be, I'd say, great, mix him in at DH. He's got to play some first. He's going to play third. As it is, I might be looking at this from a roster construction standpoint. If I'm Thad Levine, if I'm Derek Falvey, or if I'm Rocco Baldelli, and say, you know what? we got a pretty decent third baseman in Marwin Gonzalez. We like our middle infield situation. And C.J. Crone is going to hit. That's... Not the end of the world for an infield. And, oh, by the way, Nelson Cruz is going to be the DH just about every day. I don't think you're going to necessarily ease an O in playing first in DH when the difference might be a couple of days to get him into third base. I just don't know that that's necessary. Yeah, one, I think you bring up a really, really good point in the fact with Miguel now, we don't know. No like, idea. But, but that's why I say, no but that's why I say step two or three is, be able to play. Yeah. Like I have after last year's at bats, I am counting on nothing. Sure. That's the point is can you establish yourself? He he can't even get in the batter's box sure. and won't now until mid April probably at the at the earliest to establish himself. Right. So I'm with you on that point. And the other point is I would say to you, to me, this has become this has become a Miguel Sano conversation, not so much a twins one right now. Because mm-hmm. if he can't play, it sadly takes care of itself. Um, and, and if he can play, and I still think he's incredibly important. If he if he busts and Buxton busts, it's really really bad. If one of them does, it's bad. Uh, but when you have been on the DL or the DI, the is it IL now? now. IL, whatever. Yeah, whatever. They can go to hell. Um, when you have been on that list, though, as much as this guy has, it becomes about you. Sure. So so you're so you are a thousand percent right to be projecting what they're going to do. And they are going to do the same thing, and they have to. This is well past the point of being like, we're going to wait for Miguel. Let me ask you this. Um, as the – we're both cynical, but you're maybe more cynical than me. It's close. 
We're cynical in different ways. And I have to play the straight man on. I feel uh, like you're cynical, and I feel like you're cynical in different ways. Okay, but I think that's good for both of us. Okay, yeah, exactly right. We maybe round out each other's cynicism. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Okay, the way I am perceiving this is going to be received by Twins fans, Judd Zolgad, is here we go again. In fact, I don't know. I might title this podcast "Here We Go Again" with Miguel Sano. Um. Let me throw the devil's advocate in and get you to respond to it. I have been told by multiple people, um, including Thad Levine when he came on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, Miguel has had a great winter. Hey, listen, listen. I know you guys hear this all the time. Hey, media, I know you're tired of hearing this. We're not going to say best shape of his life. But just so you know, it has been a remarkable winter. He's done everything we've asked. Conditioning, um, you know, you hear about the strength gain and if he's doing cardio exercise again my point is from everything you'd want from him including up to and including playing winter ball miguel sano has checked those boxes for you this winter a fluke injury ahead of spring training that knocks it off course does does that mean anything to you does it does it does it add up or does it? I see what you're saying. Do you get bonus points if you're miguel sano for hey you put in a great winter and maybe you just got unlucky here uh, in my mind, no, because it's always something. And and the fair the fair statement to make and the accurate one, but the reason why that can be held against him is because some of the things that have gone wrong in his control. He fouls a ball off his leg. That's not his fault, but it's always something. He goes and plays right field, and that becomes a complete joke, but then he strains, I think, going to first base in Oakland, running to first base, his hamstring. It's always something. So he's sort of like right now, he's sort of like the kid in your school who was just always something was always wrong, right? And some of the stuff you thought to yourself that's his or her fault, and some you, you were sympathetic because you're sure. like that's too bad. But I don't think fans should be expected to sort of cut through this and be like, well, he really worked hard this winter. You know what? It proves last year that if he hadn't sat on his damn couch and said, "My leg hurts, I can't move," you know, he doesn't. The problem is. He is now. He now set himself up to potentially succeed and got hurt. That gets you a lot of slack, I think. If previously you had done the same thing and had succeeded, a good so point. so a good point. to me, I don't think fans or media should be asked to splice through and parcel through what what he's trying hard at and what he's not. Sure. And until he proves it's not always something, I think fans are very right to be cynical and fans are very right to to doubt that this guy is ever going to reach a ceiling that back in 2015 we all thought could be pretty damn high. Yeah, no, absolutely right. That's the backdrop of all of this is it's not like some guy who just could make this team better if it all clicks. It's we've seen that guy. We well, have he's seen got 2015 Miguel Sano. At his very best is it hyperbole to say that he has MVP-like potential at his best? Well, now, that's a long time ago. And it's that's maybe pushing it a little because okay. I don't know what he is at third base. But from a hitting standpoint, he could be a top-10 AL hitter. And yeah. I but, wouldn't blink to say that. But also, don't forget now, in 2018 for sure, the mechanics of the plate just fell apart. Sure. So sure. you can't even get him back on the field to see if he has progressed there. And I was ready, Judd, to write the redemption story. The, okay, he's been a punchline for years. Woe is the person that writes the redemption That's story. That's exactly right. That's going to, maybe maybe that will, we'll see how that ages in my drafts folder over the next few months or years or whatever. But that is a, 
It's a dicey proposition. I can't write the redemption story. It, it was setting up to be a nice story, and now it's not. And even with the first procedure, the twins were still optimistic about that. Levine came on this podcast and said, yeah, uh, I will address the setback. First, let me talk about the great winter, and it was a great winter. Mm-hmm. And then he said, now, unfortunately, we did have a little bit of a speed bump in this, and as soon as he gets clear of that, boom, he'll be ready to hit the ground running. Turns out it's going to be a few weeks or maybe even months later than what the Twins were expecting. So that's, I think, disappointing from their perspective. But it is a roster that is ready to absorb this. It's just, is Miguel Sano ready to absorb this? And I'm going to be very curious the next time we get to talk to him when he comes back to Fort Myers. You and I will both be gone. We'll be back in the Twin Cities shoveling snow. Um, but I'm very curious to see, like, how is he mentally? Is Is he cool? Is he... I mean, is this just – is he going to be able to absorb this punch? Because I think that's one thing that's been really impressive about Byron Buxton. He's been knocked on the mat multiple times, and each time he comes back, he's right. basically the same guy, I would say. Um, constant positive energy, teammates all like him, good teammate, that sort of thing. How many times can you get knocked down and still say, oh, I don't know, it's fine, I'm, I'm good, my spirits are up? Let's do this thing. I'm ready to attack this work. I see what you're saying. Now, I I think we're talking about two very different athletes in Buxton and Sano. Two different people, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Buxton Buxton now looks, and I'm saying this as a good thing, Buxton now seems to, when you see him in the clubhouse, border on a cockiness that I have not seen before that I I actually like. He has some assurance. That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, a, I'm tired of all the crap, and so I'm going to. And, but... My only concern with Buxton has been stay healthy and can you hit. I don't feel like he has self-sabotaged as much as Miguel has. Uh, but I would say in Miguel's case, it's a it's a fair question. And I guess the only thing is it'll be very it'll be very interesting between now and April how he handles himself too, as far as rehab goes, how he, because we have seen him certainly go through periods of time where he's been hurt, where he probably doesn't do all he should do. And now he's going to have to do that or else there's really going to be trouble. So yeah, there, there are a bunch of interesting components in this. um, But I do, I do feel like it's just another in a long line. And eventually you wonder if that line of things going wrong or things that they, people do wrong is going to end. We can maybe end on this, Judd. I remember four spring trainings ago, and you covered the NFL for a long time, and I would say that that either heightened or or birthed your cynicism, uh, and rightfully so, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They try. They probably try a little bit more misinformation than this sport. I would and say. sure. And we fought. I remember I was in my hotel room and I went on the newly formed Mackie and Judd show uh-huh. as a phone guest from Twin Spring Training. About Miguel Sano and you, uh, was this so? It was either sixteen or seventeen. Seventeen, I'm oh. gonna say. And you were done with him. This guy is done. He's and we we fought about this. And yeah. I'm this is my mea culpa. You were right. I said, yeah, it's too early. You can't you can't make these kind of declarative statements. I think there's still a superstar in there. And you said Bryant McKinney. You said I've seen this movie before where there's talent there, and if you don't want it, you don't want it. I don't think it's that. I, so I think I bring up that to say that the couple years since 
we've both kind of gotten a lot more information about this. Yeah. So I don't think this is an Andrew Wiggins situation. I don't think it's a Bryant McKinney situation to pull from other sports. Yep. Are you still sort of in that same boat? Uh, by the way, I spent the last two years saying, yeah, okay, he was right. I was wrong. It seems just like it's so much more complicated. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I mean? Like it's so complicated that I don't know that it is though. I I see this as being. I see this as being. I don't see this as being Wiggy because I think Wiggy honestly doesn't care. So that if that's like a scale of one to ten, that's a zero. I just don't okay. think. I think he's got incredibly God-given talents, but I don't think he cares. Um, with Miguel, I think Miguel's issue is Miguel has incredible talent, but has to be pushed very hard to unleash that talent. And that's a problem. I mean, I, I just, I think the Buxton Sano comparison is so interesting to me because in Buxton, I see a guy who really wants it and he might fail. There's a chance. I yeah. don't know. There is a chance. But if, Buxton, but if Buxton fails, if it, fa- if, if he cannot hit in this league, I think you walk away saying that's really sad. That's a really sad story of a guy who had everything going for him, could hit through AAA, and then couldn't make that leap. And this is a real tragic's too strong, but baseball tragic. Yeah, you know, sure. Just okay. sad. I know what you mean. With Miguel, I see a guy who has to be poked and prodded and pushed at every turn. I mean, my God, think about this, Derek. It's sad in a different they, way. They had to send it is, but they had to send him to Fort Myers, Florida, where we're sitting right now in June of last season. Mm-hmm. Big league ball player who should who should be entering that sort of prime. I mean, we're not talking about a kid here. He's not eighteen. Who should be? They had to send him for basically a month to the minor leagues to get himself yeah, six in, weeks. Yeah. So no, I'm not convinced. I I think. If you were to ask me the question that you just did with the two names, I, I still see some McKinney there because McKinney at the end of the day was a hell of a left tackle and had a ton of talent and played for a really long time. And if he had loved the game of football, he is in Canton today. He didn't. He could play it. And if he was poked and prodded enough, he played it pretty mm. damn well at times. So, no, I'm not willing to back off the fact that Miguel Sano in some ways to me, I mean, think about it. His sister had to be his dietitian, dude. Okay, just think that through for a second. A family member had to take mm-hmm. over his diet. We're talking about a man in his 20s here who knows he's got a weight problem, okay? Your sister should not be. God bless her. I'm sure she's a great person. But that should be the, if you need that, that should be the job of a professional that you're working with. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it. So, no, I think that there's a very good chance that, it, that when this conversation comes around again in three, four, five years, he was Bryant McKinney. Hmm. Yeah, I've just... I fought really hard on that. Wiggins doesn't care. That's not a fair. I think Miguel. That's not Sano. I don't think think anyone can push Andrew. And in Andrew's case, I think the only thing that happens is he pushes himself once in a while. But that's not Sano. Yeah, my my I guess my point was if you're Wiggins, you don't put in the winter that he just put in. If you I think are, but he put in the winter because he was told he had to. He I don't was think sent, you do that kind of winter was, though, just because somebody asked you to. He was, but a lot of people did, and family probably did too. Somebody's probably told him, "Dude, you are going to lose millions of dollars here, tens of millions." Tens, of, yeah, yeah. So he was. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I mean, Derek, just I go back to this. Think about the fact he had to be sent to Class A. Yeah, yeah. Because he was fat, right? And because he didn't care about his shape before that. And that no one could get through to him. That's a lot of people having to go to him and say, you've got to do this. I hope it works for him. But self-sabotage sometimes combines with outside forces to make your own luck. And that feels like him right now. Sure, yeah. I mean, some people catch more bad luck, but it's tough. 
it's tough to come away feeling like I do feel a little bad for Miguel, but it's tough to feel bad in the sense of like. Well, I think he's a likable human. That he yeah. strikes me as a guy. I mean, I don't know him that well. But he strikes me as a jovial enough, right? Uh, I think I think people are split on him. Okay, but I, do well, I think might be totally wrong. No, I I think there is a there is a faction of people who will who will never give him a chance, and maybe he's earned that. But I also think that there are people who genuinely connect with him and do really appreciate his personality. I don't know. And let's make one thing room. very clear. We're talking locker room. We're oh, talking yeah. clubhouse. We're oh, not yeah. talking outside. As, oh, as I'm not shadow boxing here. Yeah. And, and, but as we've said before on the station, we don't know people. Right. So so when I say he comes across as a likable guy, I'm talking in the He's gregarious. Clubhouse. Yeah, gregarious. Yeah. I'm not trying to say because I, I know that we're going to get some responses saying, don't you remember what happened sure. with the outside stuff? I have no clue the about him. As a, yeah. I have no clue about him as a person. Yep. I'm saying as a baseball player. But yeah, it's too bad. But you know what? It is fascinating to watch unfold. And I still think <laughs> this is, maybe this is the bow on it. But I still think the Twins on opening day are going to be fine. This doesn't. Marlon Gonzalez might. Yeah, yeah this doesn't no, put you a might huge right. dent in their plans. Well, it puts a huge dent in their long-term plans if this doesn't work at all. You know, it's interesting. But you're right about the short term. I didn't think about this, but. Earlier today, I was walking around on one of the backfields. I saw Tyler Austin. This is a little scoop for the audience. I haven't written this yet. Tyler Austin taking ground balls at third base. He was working on. Well, they said he worked on the outfield in the winter. Love work right? over there. That, that would be a guy who some positional flexibility well, would positional do him flexibility well. Positional flexibility is this baseball in some ways is is turning into basketball. Yep. Like you're going to be you've, you you're going to get more and more. Is positionless the right word? Sure. Positionless players? Yeah. Position you're, agnostic. Yeah, you're going to get more and more. And by the way, I'd like to apologize because I think I said dude on this podcast three times, and I don't know where that came from. I said dude. I called you dude like three times. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. And I'm not quite sure why. Oh. I don't think I've used dude before. <laughs> no, I think and that's pretty just, common sports All of a sudden it just crept into my, is lexicon <laughs> the right word? Yeah, that's is right. that the highbrow word? Yeah, this is great. We're, uh, we've got a vocab lesson from start anyway, to finish on this podcast. Anyway, I'd like to apologize for my use of the word dude. I'll try and <laughs> cut down good. on that. I've got enough verbal crutches. That's I don't need okay. dude. Maybe if you can uh, maybe just flush that from the system in time for Matt Kinshed with Rami today, which I'll be joining you for. Um, that will, I'm guessing we'll talk about Miguel Sano once again. And we're recording on Tuesday. So people don't like listen to this on th- Thursday and think that you're going to join us again on Thursday. Oh, that's right. No, I wouldn't have me back. You're not going to be back. Not after this. One. No, <laughs> we'll you're, see how you're it goes bounced. today. See you, Derek. Thanks. For Judd Zolgad, I'm Derek Wetmore. Thanks for listening to the emergency episode of Touch Em All. We'll keep you posted with everything we know, Miguel Sano and otherwise. Talk to you next time.